Coming up on today's bonus episode, I will be covering The Order, 1886. We're stepping back five years to see how good this game is. And I also have some news for you about a recent podcast that is being brought into the works. Level Up starts now. Welcome to Level Up, a pod for gamers. I am your host, Anthony Fisher, and today's episode, or should I say today's bonus episode, is The Order 1886. I am so happy and I'm so relieved to be covering this game because I've been waiting about maybe five years to do it. This game came out when I was in high school, and I really, really wanted wanted to play this when I was in high school, but I didn't get a chance to until... Probably now, so I guess you could say I'm five years behind on this. But before I dig deep into this game, I want to say thank you to Anchor for distributing my podcasts on the following podcasts that are you can listen to. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Spreaker, and Pocket Cast. <sighs> I want to say it. I want to just also clear the air as well that... There is another podcast coming in, and I'm sorry if the audio if the audio in the next episode is going to be bad or whatever, but a friend of mine had recently called me during that show, and he says that he's, he's talked to me, and uh, you may have caught the conversation, but there's going to be a new podcast that's going to be coming on Anchor soon, and it's going to be called Lights Out, Uncensored, Unsanctioned, Uncut, and it will be hosted by a friend of mine named Ori, and I will be the co-host of that show. Be sure to tune in on this, as you will when you listen to my show. And also, be sure to check out All About Life, 
this podcast that is on Anchor, and it's hosted by a man named Vic. And if you do like my show, you will probably like his. And also be sure to check out Hannah Burner's Burning in Hell. It's very good. I listened to it myself. I got a few laughs out of it. I've never seen anything like this. And I'm also looking forward to checking out Summer House that she's going to be on there too. Now, before I dig deep though as well, like I said before, this game is 55 years behind for me. And I love the fact there's going to be some history behind this. So... Let's get right into it. This game was released on February 20th, 2015. It was developed by Ready at Dawn and directed by Dan Jan. Dana Jan. Uh, it was produced by Michael Patrick Clark and Anna Nguyen. And it was written by Joseph Thomas, Nam Ho, Kyle Loring, Ryan Ellis, Peter Tumillo, Isaac Steele, Christian Brugman, and Phil Krynicki. It was composed by Jason Graves. Now, I've mentioned him before, and he did compose the likes of Dead Space, Alpha Protocol, Tomb Raider, The Order 1886, Until Dawn, Evolve, and Far Cry Primal. I gotta say, I'm so happy and happy a little bit to say that Jason Graves, the composer, is being on my show again. Or, not on my show, but being involved in this episode again, because he's a good composer. And on top of that... I gotta say that half the games that he composes, their scores are pretty good. And I gotta, and for the 1886 score, the Order 1886, decent score, especially for the year in 2015. Now, I'm gonna be reading you the reviews. Destructoid gave this a 6 out of 10. ETM gave it a 4.5 out of 10. Game Informer gave it a 7.75 out of 10. Game Revolution gave it a 2-star review. GameSpot gave it a 5 out of 10. Game Radar gave it a 3.5-star review. Game Trailers gave it 8.2 out of 10. Giant Bomb gave it a 2-star review. IGN gave it a 6.5 out of 10. And Play gave it an 81%. Polygon gave it a 5.5 out of 10. Videogamer.com gave it a 6 out of 10. Hardcore Gamer gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Metro United Kingdom gave it a 4 out of 10. The Escapist gave it a 3-star review. Based on what I've seen with this game, this did receive a mixed reviews. Most of the time, I would say that they were right on this. And this game was heavily influenced by Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. Uh, this game runs on 30 uh, FPS. It was released as a single-player only game. This is, however, a PlayStation 4 exclusive. It is set in alternate history, 1886 London, and it focuses on the Knights at the Round Table. I was very curious. This is one of those things that really got me curious into this because I've never, in, in all my years of going to school, I never really got a chance to talk about, we, we never really went over the Night Death Around Table. I used to think that they were a bunch of myths, and maybe they are. Um, if you guys out there know much about the Knights at the Round Table, especially anyone in the UK, please fill me in on this on the Twitter at ARF864 because I am truly interested in this. I like games like this that focus on an alternate history, and I like how the fact that when you include history into this, into a game, you can either, it could either be good or it can be bad. There's really no in-between. So I will save my analysis of this later on, but we'll get to the characters. So we have 
we have Grayson, Sebastian Mallory, Isabeau, and Marquis de Lafayette. And we have Lord Chancellor, Alistair, and Nikola Tesla. Now, Grayson is who they call Sir Galahad throughout this game. He will be called Sir Galahad throughout the entire game, and he is the main character, and you will play as him. Um, Sebastian Mallory is the one they call Sir Percival, and he is the leader of the knights when they're in the field. We also have Isabeau, who is known as Lady of Green, and Marquis de Lafayette. Um, Sebastian Mallory, or Sir Percival, uh, let me just say this uh, before I dig deep. Most of these characters, they take on the names of former knights themselves, and they assume their name. And for those of you who didn't know anything about the Knights at the Round Table, um, they take on the name of their predecessors. So Mallory took on the name of Sir Percival. Isabel took on the late name of Lady Agrain. Marquis de Lafayette, spoiler alert for those who haven't played, will take on the role as Sir Percival. So we also have Lord Chancellor. Um, he is the leader of the Order, and he is the adopted father of Isabel and Alistair. Alistair is known as Sir Lucan. Uh, he is the commander of this order in the Knights at the Round Table, and he's the Knight Commander, of course. And he's the brother of Isabeau and adopted son of Lord Chancellor. And we have Nikola Tesla, a scientist who arms and trains the order with powerful new technologies, which I think is pretty cool to see. Tesla's a real person, I believe, and it's even named after a car, which is awesome. So, we get to the synopsis. So, during the autumn of 1886, London is plagued by the enemies known as half-breed by both half-breed attacks and anti-government insurgency. So, after fighting off rebels in the Mayfair area, Sir Galahad pursues the survivors into the underground, where he encounters a number of werewolf-like half-breeds known as Lycans. Galahad's mentor, Sir Percival, one of the Order's most veteran knights, suspects that there is a correlation between the two and requests permission to investigate the rebel stronghold of Whitechapel. His concerns are dismissed by the Lord Chancellor, who believes that the Order should remain dedicated to fighting half-breeds. With a tactic approved from Sir Lucan, the order, the order's knights commander and adopted son of Lord Chancellor Percival and Galahad undertake a mission into the Whitechapel, accompanied by the other two members of their team, Lady Agrain and the Marquis and, and the Marquis de Lafayette. After encountering fierce resistance, they reach the rebel headquarters in an abandoned Royal London Hospital, only to find it occupied by Lycans. Galahad and, and Grain discover evidence of a rebel plot to infiltrate the Agamemnon, Agamemnon flagship of the United India Company's airship fleet and assassinate the company chairman, Lord Hastings. The team boards the airship and foils the assassination attempt before a bomb detonates on board. Um... During this time, guys, uh, when I was playing this part of the game, when you enter the hospital, and I gotta say, entering that hospital was pretty fucking scary, because there was a lot of blood, and it was a lot of guts all over the floor. Um, this was very disturbing. You get to fight a li the lichen. Um, you get to fight a very big one, an elder. That's what they call it. They call him an elder. And the elder boss fight was crazy. Um, it was brutal. We uh, first time he encounters the elder, though he is literally clawed by the elder and attacked, and he loses his weapon. And in the process, it was more brutal than whatever I've, than I've ever seen before. Um, 
uh, this is why I kind of like it. Um, the hospital scene was kind of fucking scary till at the same time because it's dark, it's bloody, and that's how vicious this history is. It's a very scary thing, you know, but I felt that, you know, it did live up to be its hype when it came to this level. because This is actually one of my favorite levels, so, so because you get to fight a half-breed and a lichen, so this is pretty cool to see that. Uh, the team boards the airship and follows the assassination attempt before a bomb detonates on board. Hastings and the most and most of the passengers are evacuated, but Galahad and Percival remain on board to search for the rebel leader. A second explosion sends the Agamemnon crashing into Hyde Park, destroying the Crystal Palace in process. Galahad survives, but discovers that Percival has been killed. In council at the Palace of Westminster, Lafayette is, is knighted and assumes Percival set at the round table. The Lord Chancellor is highly critic, critical of the mission, asserting that Percival's death and the extensive collateral damage were in vain. I um, find this very unique because later on with, in this story, Galahad always had a problem with the authority almost when Hastings, or should I say not Hastings, but when Percival Sebastian Mallory died, you will be amazed at the relationship that Mallory and, and of course, Sir Galahad had. Now, Galahad, on the other hand, was, is very, very unique. Um, I could see a lot of, like, pride in his work, not ashamed to take risks, um, very devastating and very brutal in his attacks, I um, found this very interesting, though, too, because he was very distraught and upset and emotional about the fact that he lost a fellow friend and lost a leader and a mentor. I think that most people can relate to that. You know, the student losing the teacher, the teacher that taught him everything that he knows now. And it's a very sad thing, which, you know, we all can relate to that. And it's very brutal, too, as well. It's a very sad and brutal way to go out um i gotta say though i did like i did like the relationship forming because at first i was like ah these guys you know you could tell <coughs> excuse me you can tell that these characters are very close to each other based on how they talk to each other galahad and Egrain, for example are very close to each other they're very close to each other based off of um based off of the way they talk to each other and one scene I believe Galahad and, you know, the grain, they end up, when they fought that lichen, that elder, the elder ended up breaking the grain's back or injuring her, and Gray, Galahad had to pick her up, and you know, she goes, we can't keep doing this life and live this life, and, and so on and so forth, and it's kind of like it hits had a relationship there between Gray and, and Izzy, which is a good hint at this. But who knows, you know, I wish that we could have dove more into that. And you could tell the furiousness in this character when that happens. He kills that lichen in a brutal way. So, and then he shares the same love for Percival as he did here. So, this is very unique to see this. And it's very unique to also feel this. So the council is interrupted when rebels stage when rebels stage a major attack on Westminster Bridge aimed at killing Hastings, who is once again saved by the knights. They're still enraged by he's still enraged by Percival's death. So Galahad returns to the Whitechapel seeking a confrontation with the rebel leader, who is revealed to be an Indian woman named Lakshimbi. Or uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that name. 
pleading with Galahad that the United India Company is the true enemy, she leads him to the company's warehouse in Black Eggwall, where they discover a large number of hibernating half-breeds packed in crates bound for the northern northeastern United States. According to Lakshambi, Shambai, uh, Lord Hastings himself as a half-breed is, attack in, is attacking in response to the Order's recent success. Uh, this is crazy, you know. This is where the story really got intriguing, because she flats out accused Lord Hastings, a very high-powerful member in society, of being a half-breed and being responsible for the deaths up there near that chapel, near Whitechapel, of course. And during that time, you would think, ah, this is bullshit and, and this is crazy, but it is not. Um... This is very weird to really say this. This is the part that really got me intrigued. Um, and I got to say, you know, I was a little bit shocked to learn that, you know, I because this is one, one of those moments where it really did shock me. You know, I didn't even believe it at first, but it was so like half of this stuff seems suspicious and maybe it is what it is. But, you know, I didn't realize it. I didn't believe it. And that's what I like. So I didn't believe in this, this at first, but now when I played it, though, it's going to be a shocking. It shocked me when we got to the part that was really good. At Westminster, Galahad's concerns fall over deaf ears. Lucan sympathizes with him, however, and joins Galahad and Lakshmi in infiltrating the United India Company's headquarters in Mayfair. They find evidence of a conspiracy to traffic half to traffic half breeds overseas and encounter Hastings in his vampire form before Galahad can attack. Can act against Hastings. Lucan reveals himself to be a Lycan and attacks Galahad. Galahad. The two fight, but Lucan flees as the authorities arrive. Galahad is taken into custody by Lafayette and Grain. He is charged with treason and sentenced to death. Oh, this is the part where it gets really fucked up because Galahad. It, it's almost like when Galahad realizes that she was right, and it shocked me. It was it's shocking more to learn that Lucan was a was a half breed, and it shocked me more when Hastings was what he was and Lucan was a half breed. I did not expect him to turn, but I had my suspicions because every time every time Galahad probably brought up an issue, it, it kept on getting like the Lord. Every time he brought up an issue to the Lord Chancellor, it just it just got to deaf ears. It didn't matter, and you know it just was all bullshit. This and whatnot in the game. But, you know, I guess you could say that I I had my suspicion as a gamer because, you know, when normally when situations like this happen in playing previous games, you tend to realize or you might see the writing on the wall here that one of these guys is not who they say they are. And so we learn real quickly that Sir Lucan is not who he says he is. And it shocked me because it seemed to me that Galahad had so much respect for Lucan as a man, and he respected Izzy as much as well. And I feel like that since he loves Izzy, you know, I think that he never got a chance to tell her. So after a several after after several weeks, Galahad escapes captivity in the Westminster catacombs and attempts to flee, only to be cornered, facing a re-imprisonment. Galahad throws himself off a ledge into the Thames and is recovered by Nikola Tesla, the Order's armorer. Fearing that, that Tesla has come under suspicion, Galahad returns to Westminster in an attempt to extract him. He finds Tesla alive, but also encounters Lucan in the laboratory. The two fight a second time, with Galahad emerging the victor. The, morali the mortality wounded Lucan 
expresses regret for having betrayed the order, claiming that he only did so in, in order to save his race from extinction. The two are discovered by Lord Chancellor, who confesses his knowledge of Lucan's true nature. He reveals to Galahad that the centuries before he had fought and destroyed an entire tribe of Lycans, but couldn't bring himself to kill the infant Lucan, who uh, he adopted as a son instead. The Lord Chancellor ordered that evidence of the Lucan's betrayal may not be used to exonerate Galahad and must be kept a secret for the sake of the order. Still unwilling to kill his son, he leaves Galahad to administer the coup de grace. The two former comrades reconcile and merciful. Galahad raises his weapon and fires as the game cuts to black. In a post-credit scene, Galahad is seen on the roof of a building overlooking London, which has been put under martial law. He is warned by Tesla over the radio that the police could strike any time and that they that they should leave the city immediately. Galahad tells him he would be with him shortly and rem reminds Tesla that he is Galahad no more. <sighs> Reading that ending really shocked me. Um, what really shocked me the most was that you... <sighs> You have a son, and it comes back. It comes back to the previous episode of The Last of Us. With it has a similarity here. Um, in The Last of Us, Joel lied and lied to Ellie just to keep safe, safe face. And I guess you could say that the Lord Chancellor lied to keep the order in the same way. And it really is a little bit upsetting to see how this story ended. I. I felt that we should have had a better option, though, into not killing him. And at the end, I, I just, I couldn't bring myself to press that button to shoot him. You know, I just, because I wanted to see, I really wanted to see what would happen if I didn't shoot him. Is this really supposed to happen? I really, that's how, you could say that's how shocked I was. Because it made me think, was this really supposed to happen? Was this, were we really supposed to do this? And and I had no choice but to shoot him and in this game. And really, I like how this story went. It just, it wasn't bad. It's just the character development was really, I guess you could say the character development in this game, I would give it a medium here. Because really, I've never seen anything like this before. I, I love a story where you can sit here and tell a good story and run with it and be able to apply it. And stuff like this happens in history a lot. You know, there's always going to be guys that will cover up certain things just to keep things or and keep things in the same way. We've seen it. We see it in real life. We've seen it in previous games. Um, I feel that I kind of... I can say this, that I, I I really get the feeling of Lord Chancellor. I really like Lord Chancellor's uh, decision, semi-sorta, because I get that he didn't want to kill a child at that time, even though they were fighting against Lycan, you know, the enemy, the worst thing, and the worst form of enemy whatsoever that the Order and the Knights at the Round Table have encountered. And I have to say, it was very sad to see a good man like Galahad, who could not even be exonerated because a man's secret was to be kept. And really, it's it's pretty fucked up because you you basically ruined an innocent man's reputation, and you ruined an innocent man's life, and taking away another man's livelihood and what he loves to do. 
and you could just tell that you know that this this is how you incorporate it. But that's what a good story entails. A good story to me entails what you really see and how far it can go. And I really believe that the story did push the limit here and let the let the gamers know that you know things like this happen. Things like this happens in history. It's been happening in history for years and years. It's really nothing new. But yes, I do feel that this story was not bad. I do feel that this story really, really had some fucked up moments. I do feel that this game really didn't, it didn't, it halfway hit them high notes, but it didn't hit the high notes. So I really think that it's what it is. I do. Like, my only problem with this game is, I, well, I mean, a couple of problems. Uh, there's too many quick time events. Yeah, and there's too many un there's too many unnecessary quick time events. You don't really need a lot of quick time events. It, it's a game like this seems good, but there's too many quick time events. For instance, when you're trying to jump over, um, when you're trying to jump over a balcony or jump across a building, you have to help the help the Indian woman, uh, Lakshambi, and save her. Um, you miss that button, she falls to the ground and she dies. That right there is a little bit of unnecessary event to me because you don't really need to be pressing buttons just to save a life on that end. Um, I like the quick time events when they're being utilized in boss fights. However, I do not like when they utilize them for unnecessary things. Like, for instance, a good fight scene. I recorded this fight scene on my game, by the way, and I liked how the option, when you're in this one level and you're fighting a rebel, and you get amb when you ambush the level, you have to fight the guy, he pulls out a knife. You hit that appropriate button. As you hit that appropriate button, you have the option to hit him with the lamp, snap his neck, or stab him with the knife. So I went back, and I did all three of those, actually. I hit the guy with the lamp, the lamp scene, all right, fine. I hit him with the... I stabbed his neck, punched him in the face, bam, did that for that game, The Order 1886. And the knife scene, the knife part, the knife QT was probably good. My best part of that about that was the lamp, because he did it so quickly and so violently and so brutal, and that shows you that Galahad is willing to do whatever it takes to survive. And that right there was one of my favorite QTEs. Another one of my favorite uh, quick-time events is when Lafayette and... Galahad sneak inside of the, they sneak inside the cockpit, and they take on the guys in the co co cockpit, and so, within the cockpit, you know, you hit the guy with a fucking fire extinguisher, and I've never seen anything like that before, he takes a fire extinguisher, hits him off the wall, and you hear that sound of bam, and that shit hurt, and that shit looked so brutal, and Lafayette just continues to punch the guy in the face, and then he stats his neck, these knights are pretty fucking brutal, and that shows how, they, but that's that's how they have to be. Those other the knights at the round table are were seen as brutal and versatile soldiers, and to see how brutal and versatile they are is really unique. And that would be that's the reason why I rank those two as my favorite QTEs is because they they really bring out and they show you true brutality. And so those two were necessary, although others were not so much. Uh, the stealth is one thing I really like in this game as well. The, the stealth is pretty cool. Um, I did get shot in the game a couple of times during stealth, but, you know, I try to get used to that. So, I, I gotta say, uh, it really did well with me. I, uh, I really, my only problem is, is that, you know, this story could have been a little bit better, though. Um, the story could have been better if we, we if, you know, the real question is, 
like for fantasy booking here. What if, what if, now, it's just a what if, what if the grain knew about Lucan, you know, she never, you know, no one told Izzy, nobody ever told Izzy about this. Now, what if Yalhead were to just tell Izzy what's going on? That would make the story a little bit better. Because as much as you could tell that it, that Izzy loves Galahad, you could tell that, you know, I feel that he should have told her. I feel like they should have wrote this as, like, he should tell her and see what she, what goes on. I, I do, because I feel like she trusts him, and I feel like he should have told her, although I feel like he, he was put in a position where that he was onto something and nobody believed him, you know. There's been times like that, you know, and it's it's crazy and it's really good. Um, in the meantime, apparently, before I well before I leave and go off, um, I have heard that the Order eighteen eighty six is trying to get a sequel for PS five. Um, I'm looking forward. If this is real, now this is all rumor apparently, and I I read the article. I I read it. Now it's all rumor. And it's all, it's just rumor right now. If the Order did come and get a sequel, we haven't seen this in five years. You know, five years, this, we haven't, we really wanted a sequel. I feel like this game does need a sequel because, to me, Galahad, you know, the the main character, Galahad, did an amazing job. The main, the main character, we, we got to dig deep. And so, I feel like the story here is incomplete, and if they are really making a sequel, I really want them to, um, except it's going to be for PS5, and that's all rumor, and so, I was anticipating it, and they borrowed uh, something from the game's trailer, I didn't read the whole article here, but I really read that art, read that title, and it was on Polygon, um, be sure to check out that article and tell me what you guys think, um, do you think, I, I'm going to leave this... I'm gonna leave you guys a little thought here. I want you, I want you guys to go on Twitter and leave me some answers at the Twitter ARF eight six four, and tell me what do you think? Do you think that we should see more of the Order eighteen eighty six? Should we get a sequel? And if so, what would you guys like to see in it? Because I would really like to see Galahad go up against the Knights at the Round Table. I would like to see Galahad, you know, and Izzy in this story again. I would actually like to see that. And I would love to see that because these two, those two look, look like they can be a good dominating force in the story. You know, I feel like with the right writing and the right storyline and a better, uh, a, a little bit of a better storyline here, we can actually get something good. All right. I'm going to have to leave. Um, be sure to check out this podcast, All About Life, and it's hosted by Vic right here on Anchor. And if you like my podcast, please leave me a review on Twitter. And be sure to listen to my podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Spreaker, and Pocket Cast as well. But until then, this has been a bonus episode. I am your host, Anthony Fisher. And be sure to remember that no matter... The game you play, no matter what rating the game is, you have to remember, in order to pass, you need to level up.